Good morning. My name is Christy Pickett. I'm the director of missions here at TFRC. And now what we're going to do is we're going to jump into scripture. And Kurt Stanley has agreed to read scripture for us today. Kurt, if you can make your way up and if you can stand as he does. Kurt Stanley is a part of our missions team um, here at TFRC, making some of those choices and decisions we need to make here. And also, if you didn't grab a Bible before, you're welcome to, to grab one here to have for the rest of the message. Whenever you're ready, Kurt. Matthew 28, 16, 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you, Kurt. You may be seated. So most of you recognize this, um, these scriptures, but we wanna, I want to focus on the very end of that scripture for our time today, where it says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Because... What it's telling us is, yes, we know we're supposed to go. Yes, he equips us. um, But he's there with us, present, actively there with us. And that's what we're going to focus on today um, during our time. And I have um, asked somebody to come and join us today to be a part of this. Um, A lot of you may know him. Marty Solomon with Impact Campus Ministries is here with us. And um, he has some unique perspectives He um, grew up in this church. He interned at this church. He was on staff at this church as a director of missions and evangelism. He also was part of the teaching team there. He went off um, to do campus um, as a campus missionary with Impact Campus Ministries. He later with that um, led teams to Israel and has become the president of Impact Campus Ministries. Um, So Marty, if you can come on up and let's welcome him. He's also a father and a son and a husband, so he has a really unique perspective on what this um, mission, uh, God encountering in the mission field looks like. So thanks for being here with us, Marty. Yeah, it's great to be back on this stage. So thanks for having me. A lot of you are pointing out the change in color. Thank you. (laughs) Was that happened for the first time I was out with my wife the other day and somebody was like, is this your daughter? (laughs) No, that's my wife. Thank you. So, yes, it's happening. To all of us, I might add. <laughs> so, so, yes, yeah, so we're, we're here and we're going to talk about God encounters in the mission field. And so before we talk about God encounters, first I want to talk about what is the mission field? What does that look like? Um, uh, one of the things that's been impressed upon me as I've grown as a minister is the way we talk about the mission field. I know we always kind of use language that implies that the mission field is always kind of over there or whether it's overseas or local and domestic, but it's this place where other people are called to and that might be you. It's likely not. And that's the mission field. And what I've started to learn is that in our theology, we have separated soil and spirit. We have pulled those two things apart in the way that we use our language. And so what that means is that we, we give the impression that the action 
Like the action of the kingdom is somehow over there. It's with Pastor Chuck. It's with those people that give their life to the vocational ministry. And especially being around the university, working with college students, um, people that are, are being trained to do all kinds of things, mechanical engineering, uh, business owners, just being developed as leaders, I've been wanting to impress upon them that the action is actually not where I sit as a missionary or as a minister. The action is actually where they're going to be because it's their work. My job is simply to turn the lights on to all of those young leaders that, that they are the holy, sacred calling. That is where God's bringing order to chaos. Um, Eugene Peterson has this quote in a book called Working the Angles where he says, um, there, the biblical fact is there are no successful churches. In fact, there are a bunch of communities of sinners gathered all around the world. One of those sinners is called the pastor, and it's his job to keep the community attentive to God. And that is, uh, I just, I've always loved that quote because that's what I'm finding more and more and more, especially working with tomorrow's leaders of, my job is simply to get them to realize why their work is holy and sacred and get them to discover the sanctity of their vocation. So everything that we do is missions. And I know it's a cliche, but yet there's a really profound theological truth to that. Whatever we do for a living, that's it. Yeah, and, and so wherever um, we're going, I know for me personally, um, part of my journey that was totally unexpected for the last couple of years, my mission field has been in a hospital. Um, it has been oftentimes in a chemo chair that I've been able to share my story or talk to other people or just say, God bless you to people that are struggling in those moments. So that was, that was my mission field um, for about two years now and still is in some ways as I still go back and have lots of checkups and lots of hospital visits. So basically, the, to sum all that up, it's your mission field is everywhere and anywhere God sends you. It's not just where we go, it's where all of you go. And, and so I think that's important to, to start off there as we go next into talking about encountering God. Now we know where the mission field is, and so now we're gonna talk about encountering God, and what does that look like? Um, for me, I know in my line of work, if I'm gonna work with all these leaders, I mean, I'm not a mechanical engineer, I'm not a scientist, shocker. Um, I'm not an expert in any of their fields. I'm trained in the Bible, I'm trained in ministry. How in the world am I going to mentor them in some of the things that we were talking about? So for me, especially when I came back from Israel on that first trip, to have created a spot in my life for the last decade where early in that morning, uh, I spend a few hours every day trying to listen, try to memorize scripture, try to create some space where God can get me started before I try to accomplish anything has been really, really important. I know I invited my daughter to uh, join me when she turned 10. She started getting up early in the morning with me. And one of the things we do is we, we, um, we sit in some contemplative space. Uh, my daughter and, and I share this thing called anxiety. Um, and we, we sit in this space for about 15 minutes every morning, just kind of quiet and just listening to what is it that God's probably trying to tell us about how we feel. Mm. Um, and just recently, I remember I was going through some stuff and I had to tell, she loves to ask me because I'll ask her at the end, like, Abby, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you feeling? She loves to turn around and be like, dad, what are you feeling? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I got to share with her some of the angst that I was living in with my friends and some of the bad decisions they were making. And, and the other day she went, you know, my friends aren't making good decisions either. So 10 years old, like those are pretty sweet 
Those are small but so significant moments when they happen day after day, week after week, um, God encounter moments. Yeah, and, and for me personally with God encounters, um, there's such a relational piece to what we're doing here at TFRC. And I, I have got to see it over my time of, of being sick and through all of you guys and other Christians um, that send me that text or send me that card. I truly encounter God through relationships with other Christians. God shows up. God shows up through people. He shows up and he is present and it is such a great feeling and such a blessing there. So there's a great relational piece there. Um, If we go to the Bible and what the Bible says about God being present, the first thing that pops in my mind when I was looking at um, this is Emmanuel, right? It specifically means God with us. And I think that for me, I need to hear that. Um, I need to hear that when I'm going through hard times. I need to know that God is actually with us. And if he's actually with us, he wants to encounter us. If we go to John 14, verse 15 through 18, I'll read this to you. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither knows him or sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So if you look at the language there, multiple times he affirms us. He's going to be with us forever. He lives with us. He will be in us, and he will not leave us as orphans. So God is there. He is present. If we go to Hebrews 13, 20 through 22, it says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything in us, everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So he equips us, but most importantly, he works in us. He's actually there. All of the terminology from that is he's actually there um, with us. And again, our Bible verse, our reading today, where he says, and surely he's with us to the end of the age. So he's there. He never leaves us, and he's there till the end of the age. And so that's important to know that God is encountering us. He's encountering us. Um, he wants to encounter us. He's encountering our mission partners. So now I would like to check out a video of how God is encountering our mission partners. This year we really encountered the Lord through the blessings of relationships. We had a lot of issues in our building. As, as we were praying for these things, just saying, God, our building's falling apart. There's so many issues. We, we need you to provide. First way that the Lord provided was through a relationship with a good friend of mine who called and said, hey, I sold my house and I want to tithe the, the profits that I made for you to finally be able to fix some stuff that you guys need to get done. Followed by calling a guy to, to get an estimate. He said, you know what? I, I don't want to charge you guys. I'm going to do this uh, for free. It didn't stop with our roof. Construction crew worked tirelessly for months doing tens of thousands of dollars worth of work for free. All this stuff 
pulling together and just seeing God's amazing work through building relationships with those that love and serve the Lord, um, just blessing one another was amazing. I was on a flight in California, and this gal sat next to me and my wife, and she asked me about what I did, and I shared with her that I was a Gideon, and she wanted to know what a Gideon was. I gave her a Bible and showed her the helplines in the front of the Bible, and as she was reading it, she kept weeping. Well, it made a difference in me to know that God was speaking through me to her, and she was going to go back to her faith, and that meant tremendously a lot to me as a Gideon. We were asked to take in our protective custody, a young child who witnessed the murder um, and mutilation of his father because he was an albino. It's thought that um, these bodies make better witchcraft potions. I was just praying, wondering what can we do to help heal this child? He's the only witness to this murder and uh, his life is in danger. When I think about uh, how just this morning I had no idea what we could do for this child where there's no resources offered to us, the Lord revealed to me, don't worry, you're not in this alone. Sometimes it starts to wear on me and I can get discouraged after a while um, just with the weight of what people are going through. Angie had first come to our center about a year prior and um, she was 12 weeks pregnant. She was in a really hard situation and really believed that abortion was the best option, not just for her, but for the baby she was carrying as well. So nine months later, when I come in on a discouraged day and my nurse manager says that she came and that she had baby clothes she wanted to donate because her four-month-old baby has outgrown them, uh, that really was a God encounter for me, obviously because he intersected in this woman's life. And that he chose that day when I was so discouraged um, to come and to um, show me that he really is at work, even all those days that I can't see it, was what I needed to know, um, to be reminded and believe again that our work is worth it um, all the time. So it's just amazing how God shows up and and he's there for us, and the Bible affirms that he is there actively trying to work. As we, as we move on, not everybody um, is going to be called to be a pastor. Not everybody is going to be called to work in missions. Not everybody is going to go to the ends of the earth. But he does call us to go. He equips us, and he wants to encounter us. Yeah, and you shared all those passages about God promising to do his part, and a lot of this conversation is, it's not just the discussion about mission and being on mission, but it's a discussion about relationship, because as we go, God's calling us to be on mission, but that, that mission comes out of a relational experience, because how in the world am I supposed to know? Marty, you're telling me my vocation is sacred. Well, how is what a... What do I do every day that's so sacred and holy, and how do I even know what God's wanting me to do throughout the day? And so it made me think of the other side of the relationship, because we know through parenting, through marriage, through just relationships we have with friends, relationship always has this two-way component to it. 
And so God promises to do his part and then invites us to do our part. And I remember one lesson from Israel where Ray was talking to us about the tabernacle and he was impressing upon us how the tabernacle in the, in the story of Exodus is really a retelling of the creation story. And one of the lines that he said was, in the creation story, it's as if God made this space and then told us to fill it. And we didn't do a great job with that, spoiler alert. Um, and, then, and then when we made the tabernacle, it was as if God retold the story, only this time he said, you create the space and I'll fill it. And Ray really talked to us about this spoken and unspoken promise that if you'll create space for God, God will fill it. And so if we're going to live on mission, whether we're called to the mission field specifically, vocationally or not, uh, in our own secular vocation, one of the ways we're going to be able to do that on mission is to be creating those spaces. And if we create those spaces, I really do believe he may not fill it the way we want him to fill it. He may not fill it when or how or any of those things. But God will fill those spaces if we create those for him, and then we'll be more, more equipped for that presence that he promises will always be with us for it to actually make a difference in the work we do. Perfect. So what does this look like for us personally? What does this look like for me, Marty, and you guys? So um, like Mar Marty just mentioned, making time, making time, seeking um, in that time and being aware, being aware of him. And one of the things that you guys may have, may or may not have noticed up here is we have coffee cups. So who in this room drinks coffee at some point in the day by raising your hand? Some point in the day. That's a lot of coffee. So quite a few of us. So let's think about this. Every day, a good portion of us make time for coffee. And you may be like me. I actually don't drink coffee. But all of us have a metaphorical coffee, something you do, like maybe you watch the morning news or the evening news or a TV show. Maybe you exercise every day. Um, maybe you have a protein shake every day. Who knows what that is? But there's something there that you do every single day. Because what we need to do is is seek and make time. And what if, what if in our busyness and our craziness of our schedule, what if God was as important as our coffee or our metaphorical coffee, whatever that is, right? Because what we hear is that we're too busy. We're too busy to make time. We're too busy. Our, we're running ragged. And all of our busyness is usually really good stuff. It's not that it's not good stuff. Um, it's good stuff. But someone recently um, told me this, that we don't have a busyness problem. We have a priority problem. And I don't know if that hits you like it hits me, but yeah, it hits me that we have a, we have a priority problem. And so we need to make time for God, be aware of him, just like we do for our coffee or our metaphorical coffee. That's important. And once we make time for him, like Marty mentioned, is that he'll fill it. He'll be there. And we'll have these God encounter stories. And when we have God encounter stories, we need to share them. We need to share them with others like our mission partners are doing. Um, we need to share them with our friends, our family, our coworkers, um, maybe even in the grocery store. Um, I know as Jeff 
Skinner as a Gideon, like he often has conversations in the grocery store with a Bible in his hand. And so maybe God will open those opportunities when you go to a soccer game or you're in the grocery store, any of those, to share those God encounter stories. Also, you want to share your gifts and your blessings. Those, those can look different for different people. It may be financial a gift. It could be prayer. Prayer is so underestimated. Prayer is such an important um, part of our lives and, and sharing that with others. Um, time. You may be able to um, just take some time out. Um, a lot some time right now we're looking through the mustard seed ministry for somebody just to have the time to start some washers and dryers for people that, that need their clothes washed. That's a great way to plug in there. Um, I know for me personally, some there were people that would just come and sit with me when I was in a chemo chair just to be there with me. And that was huge. There wasn't any skill involved in that, just time. Um, if you have skills, that's awesome too. Um, some people have the gift of playing instruments and singing. I have none of that. You will never see me doing anything musical because I just don't have that gift. But a lot of you guys do. And those are great skills to use for God, whether it be on the worship team or um, leading children's ministry worship. There's lots of ways to plug in. If you have construction skills, um, we've got a great w- uh, way to use those um, when we talk a little later and unveiling our new initiative. Um, if you are teach, if you can teach, there's great places to either mentoring type teach or with children's ministry teach. Um, we also have three amazing mission trip opportunities coming up in the next um, year. End of September, 1st of October, Pastor Chuck is going to lead a trip to Turkey to work with I- Iranians. Um, we have coming up in February, Kelly Golay is going to lead a trip to Hawaiian Gardens, and you can plug in on that trip. Um, I'm going to lead a trip in March to Brazil, and that'll be a family-friendly trip. So those are great ways to use all of those gifts and blessings and to go encounter God relationally with other Christians um, and, and build more stories there. So Marty, how could we connect with Impact Campus Ministries? Yeah, well, any of those tables out there in the lobby are going to tell you about the first two, the big two that you mentioned, and how important those things are. Uh, first of all, prayer. Um, like you said, we, we, we underestimate its value. Any of those tables will talk to you about the value of prayer and the difference that it makes in our ministries. Um, so that's a big way. Anybody will talk about the value of money. Um, seems a little redundant, the value of money, but it, how it empowers our ministries and makes the things that we do go. But I think the one thing just coming from the passion that uh, impacts trying to convey to other people. It's really not directly tied to my ministry or even our organization, but the one thing I would encourage you to do is all of you, whatever it is that you do with your life, um, find those young adults, find those Gen Z, um, millennials old news now, I don't know if you know that. Um, thank you. Uh, but find those Gen Z interns and apprentices. Find those people that are just coming out of high school that are in college, whether they're people that want to, you, you want to work on your dairy or whether they're people that are at your, your business that you own or your corporation that you work at. You've got some college-age apprentice or an intern from CSI. You could be a stay-at-home mom, and yet you have a relationship with somebody who's a handful of years behind you, uh, just a little bit, a stage or two behind you. Find somebody and grab a hold of them and tell them why the thing that you do, find somebody in your field 
Tell them why what you do matters. First of all, figure out why what you do matters. Don't just show up and go to work. Nobody wants to do that. Why does the work that you do, why is it holy and sacred? And why has God placed you there? And then find somebody behind you, some young adult, and mentor them. Uh, rather than just sharing the Facebook video about how entitled they are, um, <laughs> find, a young, find a young person to mentor and, and tell them, teach them how to make a difference and how to make an impact in their world. So that would be my heart that I'd pass on. Perfect. Thank you so much for yeah. being here and sharing. Absolutely. Let's give him a hand. Thanks, Marty. He will be in the Octagon, too, so check him out and uh, get to know more what's going on. Hey, I've been uh, giving you a little bit of a teaser the last couple of weeks about this new initiative we want to do to Bless the Magic Valley that we're going to do this summer. And as I've been saying, we think it's a big deal. We're really excited about it. And basically what we want to do this summer is we want to renew an entire neighborhood um, for all sorts of, of reasons, for uh, whether it's financial reasons or maybe there's some physical limitations people have or whatever the reasons they may, it may be. Um, sometimes people just cannot keep up, and I think most of us can relate to this, you just can't keep up with all the repairs and upkeep of your home. Mm. And in some neighborhoods, um, those things become, uh, they just build up, build up, and then they become really significant. And it's not just one home in a neighborhood like that, there are several. And it changes the entire feel of uh, the neighborhood. And quite honestly, it becomes so overwhelming that you know people look around the neighborhood and it's like, we just, you, know, you just can't fix it. And one thing we've, uh, been saying around here for years is what kind of impact could TFRC make if we put all of our collective energy together? I think TFRC has the potential to completely renew a neighborhood, and we're going to do that this summer. Uh, Christy and Bill DeBruin and some other people have been uh, talking with uh, the city and uh, just talking about where might be a, a great place for us to make an impact. And so I'm just going to let Christy talk about some of the stuff she's, she's learned. Um, the first thing I'm going to say up front is, are we going to communicate? Are we just going to show up in someone's home and then start doing stuff? No, we've been talking to the city. We'll be communicating with all the neighbors uh, and that kind of stuff. But I'll let Christy give some details of what we are really excited about doing. Go ahead. So yes, super excited. It's called Summer Serve. And so this is going to be important. It's an all play for everybody here. We've, like you said, we've been working with the city to identify some neighborhoods that just need a little TLC. And so we want to be the hands and feet and go in there and do this. Um, the date is August 3rd is the date. And we will have lots of projects and jobs for everybody. We are going to do some specific construction projects like um, sidewalk repairs because it's just old and run down. We are also going to do some landscaping. We are going to do painting, um, some roofing. We've got lots of cool projects. But if that's not any of your skill set, that's okay because we are also going to be in this community, actually in this community. We are going to interact with the people, their owner-occupied houses for the most part. Um, we are going to have Mustard Seed partner with us, and there may be other needs that are there that we can't meet that Mustard Seed can maybe help with. And so we're going to spend time there with them. We're going to need people that brings um, water around. At the end of this day of hard work and being the hands and feet of Jesus, we are going to have a block party. And as part of this, we are going to eat and fellowship with this community all together. There'll be some games. There'll be some fun, some really cool 
cool, fun things. Yeah, and, and it's going to be, at first, it may say construction or landscape, what kind of stuff. We want to design this so that from the very youngest of us, you know, within reason, I don't think we're going to have infants, you know, do it. So, <laughs> but from the very youngest of us to the very oldest of us, uh, we, we're going to create opportunities for all of us to be a part of it. And so it is going to be a church-wide opportunity. Yeah, and so it's based on the Micah 6-8 verse. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go in and we're going to bless this community and be a part of this community and fellowship with them and be the hands and feet of Jesus. There's more information um, in the Octagon. Bill De Bruin is at a table. There's also a sign-up sheet there. And more details, we'll obviously unpack this um, as we go. Yeah, as Christy said, August 3rd. And so mark that in your calendars. But we're going to be unveiling more information as the weeks uh, go by. Uh, Christy's got, Christy and Bill, they've, they've got an organizational plan that's going to work. And so we're really excited about how this could, is going to work. What's that? I'm going to watch the tape. I'm going to see what you did. Um, and so it's just, we are just really excited about, about this. Um, we're going to receive, is it too late to talk about the, or yeah. too early to talk about the offering? Yeah. So here in a few moments, we're going to do the offering. And this is so important. And we feel that the DNA of TFRC missions is such a huge part of that DNA that this offering for the missions challenge offering for April is actually going to go to summer serve. And so here in a few moments, we'll, we'll do the first offering for general. The second offering will be for summer serve. And I hope you get as excited with this. This has so much potential and just blessings and being right here in the TFRC community. Yeah. And you can imagine that the, this is going to cost a little bit of money, you, you know, it's, as, as Marty was saying, that the financial piece is what gives us, what fuels us to be able to do some of this kind of stuff. And so if we're going to be talking about helping people with the roof repair or sidewalk stuff, you can imagine that that amount adds up. And so anything uh, that we receive from the second offering will go towards uh, that project. So, All right, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing day and the honor to be here and just be in your presence, Lord, and worship with you. Um, thank you for all of the, our mission partners that got here, and please be with them as they tra safely travel home. Please be with our congregation as they connect with our mission partners and they learn where God wants them to be with the mission of God. Please be with the offering and the summer serve and the general offering, Lord, and please multiply that and let that all go to your will. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.